Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Well Then. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because it is a really special conversation with a sweet new friend of mine. Her name is Stephanie Cowan. She is the founder of a branding agency called Gold Toast. She's also the creator behind an account and new podcast called Hey Close Friends. Stephanie and I originally connected on TikTok after she had a little bit of a viral moment, actually a big viral moment, when she was sharing about a situation of hers that ended pretty abruptly and sharing kind of the emotional aftermath and fallout of that, which led her to decide to take this six-month self-love solo journey. And those of you who have been around in my community for a while know that I'm a huge advocate and fan of taking time to be intentionally single, to heal our relationship patterns, to grow our love for ourselves, and ultimately have a better relationship with ourselves. So when I saw what Stephanie was up to, because a bunch of people tagged me on her original viral video saying, you have to see this, I immediately resonated with her energy, and I know you will too, because she's just so warm and loving and bubbly and welcoming and just such a fun person to connect with. And um, we got on a conversation and developed this friendship from there, and we're definitely excited to, as you'll hear, meet in person at some point. And in this episode, we dive into everything from you know, her viral moment and how she really capitalized on that momentum and used her expertise as a branding expert to really kind of lean into the snowball effect that Hey Close Friends was having. And and she's really built such a wonderful community of people who are also on their self-love journeys and excited to learn more. You'll hear some really vulnerable shares and, and moments from her story and her life and things that she's actively working through right now. And I just appreciate her authenticity and vulnerability so much. And that's definitely one of the main things you'll learn about Stephanie is that she always comes from a place of authenticity. So without further ado, we have so much to get into today. So let's kick it off with Stephanie. All right, Stephanie, welcome to the Well Then podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm very, I'm equally as excited. (laughs) Absolutely. I think our paths crossing was one of those kind of serendipitous things. And certainly one of those moments where it made me so grateful for social media and, you know, there's certainly pros and cons to it, but I think a lot of what we'll talk about today is some of the really beautiful sides of social media and (laughs) the amazing, incredible things that can come out of it. So I just wanted to start off by saying, I'm so glad that TikTok brought us together. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I've always believed that the internet if used correctly can be a place of genuine connection yeah. and um connecting with you almost immediately after going viral um made me feel like what I had put out into the world was was right. Um and and I love TikTok. I actually have previously gotten a boyfriend off of TikTok. So wow. the, uh, t- the TikTok gods have provided. <laughs> That's incredible. I've heard stories like that too. And I feel like TikTok really is like the wild west in a really fun way and that like anything can happen. It's pretty incredible. Yes. Yeah. And and I think um, for a while I, you know, didn't have a TikTok because it's such a new platform and seeing how um, my life has blossomed from just kind of creating something that feels really authentic to me, um, has been really cool. And, um, it, it just seems like us getting connected at the time where I needed someone like you, um, to kind of help guide me through this journey. It's just been like, it's supposed to be meant to be. I 
feel the same way. And obviously, you know, your message and the journey you're on right now resonates with with so many people and is certainly something that is really relatable. Um, and the second that I, I that your video came across my feed and people started tagging me in it, it felt like, oh my gosh, I need to know this person because the way that you are yes. approaching your journey, which we'll get into in a minute, is so in alignment with the work that I do and what mm. I love to teach people about which is really being intentional about creating these chapters of your life, like carving out and curating a time in your life where you are invested in your relationship with yourself and clearing mm -hmm. out unhealthy relationship patterns and getting in alignment with what matters most to you. And I'm just, I'm so excited to hear more about this journey from your perspective and kind of what your intentions were going into this and, and what you call your golden era. Um, but before we get there, would you mind just sharing a little bit about your viral moment and kind of what led to the creation of this <laughs> Hate Close Friends movement? Yeah. Um, so basically for the, the majority of my adult life, I've been single of some, you know, some, some sort of single. I've never um, lived with someone as an adult in a relationship. I've never, um, thought I was going to marry someone. It's absolutely something I really deeply want and have been creating the space and attempting to pursue that for many years now. Um, and with that has actually ended up, um, I've built quite a, a repertoire of hilarious and tragic dating stories that, um, are really fun to tell at dinner parties. And I have a lot of friends who are always like, at, like I'll have friends who will meet me at a party and they'll be like, do you remember that story I told you about that guy who did that thing? This is Stephanie. Like these, these stories are like kind of passed around my, my world as these like really kind of like folklore, funny experiences. And um, for years, people have been like, you have to write a book about these experiences. And I, a, a book doesn't really seem like the thing for me. And a TikTok always felt like you know, a lot of work, but also I never wanted to post these dating stories out of fear of, um, seeming negative. Like I'm not really, I'm not a negative person and I do not want to like put out into the world that I am someone who is, you know, nagging men and kind of getting on their like like being like just being really super nitpicky about them. So I've actually always been hesitant to share these stories publicly. And in December I was dating a guy that I absolutely should not have been dating. Um he had a very different lifestyle from me. Uh we almost had nothing in common. He he was um you know, to, to, to rattle off a few, he was five years sober. He had just gotten his first like tech job. Um, he was $13,000 into debt from a relapse that he had, uh, two, two years ago. He had very severe body dysmorphic views, which was very difficult for me because I was actually recovering from a binge eating disorder as well. Um, and so I was, you know, really nervous about whether or not that was something that would be healthy for me to put myself in front of. Um, and so we, we were dating, but I spent the whole time we were dating, talking to my therapist, being like, is this someone I should be considering talking to my friends? You know, there was this connection, the spark that we had that was like two, two souls meeting each other. 
um, despite our worlds being completely different. He was really into like screamo heavy metal. The back of his his car was full of trash. It was like oh, the, la- the first time I stayed over at his house, he I had used his last piece of toilet paper oh, no. and, and and we had to go somewhere in the morning to to so that I could go to the bathroom. And for some reason, none of it was bothering me. I was like, I just kept like coming to my therapist being like, should I be doing should like, why doesn't this lack of toilet paper planning bother me? And my therapist just said, you know what, you're you're in info collecting mode. Take the info, collect it. If you find yourself in a place where you're like, I actually, you know, this info is no longer working for me, then you can remove yourself from it. Um. And I really was, I just really liked him when we were together. We would like dance in the kitchen. We would like, like he had such a good sense of humor. He was this like super big, tough guy with tattoos everywhere. And he took me to the like roller rink and was like falling all over the place in the roller rink. And we were just laughing like that kind of experience felt really nice for me. Um, And I was doing all this reflecting on like what I actually want in a relationship and why this relationship, why I was so drawn to this person who was, who was really not bringing much besides that connection. Um, And I was just kind of like, you know what? I really do want love. I want love. And if this person can only bring love and all the other rest, like the finances and the stuff that I can bring for myself, then like maybe Anyway, yeah. as you can tell, I was running circles in in this, and he he scheduled a, a four hour date with me um, on a Saturday. I had plans at four four thirty, so he said, "I'll pick you up at eleven. I'll have you back by three or four. Um, he had scheduled the date the day before the date, and I said, "Sounds great. Come on over." I got ready. I did my hair. I did my makeup. He t- he sends me a message like around the time he's supposed to be picking me up saying, I'm going to be 45 minutes late. I'm, g- I'm going to be late. He didn't say 45 minutes late. And then he showed up 40 minutes late to the date. Uh, and he texted me and said, I'm outside or I'm here. And I went outside and he was like lingering near my door. And I was like, do you need to come in? And he was like, yeah. So he came <laughs> in and then he used my bathroom and then he walked out and he said, can I talk to you about something? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, this relationship is unlike anything I've experienced before. And therefore I think we should be friends. And I wanted to tell you that before we spent the day together. And I was like, we're not spending the day together. <laughs> and it just felt so awful to have gotten got by this guy that I spent so much time being like, I shouldn't get caught by this guy. Like I'm giving this guy a chance. I just so overthought it. And then he just like, you know, bolded out. He he really hit every pin. He knocked it over. And I was just so, I had this moment where I was like, I am not going to ask an addict who has $67 in his bank account to want to like me. Yes. <laughs> so I just said, Okay. There was a moment where I was like, why are you here though? You made me yeah. get ready. And he was like, well, I, I thought that you deserved me talking to you in person. And for a while, I was just kind of thinking like, well, you could have FaceTimed me earlier in the day and said, I've had this change of heart. If you would like to speak in person, I'll be right over. I just need you to know where I'm at and don't get ready, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, Don't make a girl like, get and, ready for a whole date. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I had like four hours to just like 
bop around. Uh, so, I, so he left and I went upstairs and I was sitting on the, sitting on the stairs to my house crying. I waited until he left to cry. And then I just, I recorded this one minute little clip that I posted to my close friends, um, basically just being like, this is what just happened. And when the fuck is this going to stop happening? And I'm like crying and then I'm laughing and there's a lot of emotions coming. It's a very raw piece of content. Uh, and all my friends were like, this is insane, Stephanie. You have to post this, like make this something. Uh, so I started this new account called Hey Close Friends and I posted it. And it has like 2.5 million views now. The world lost their minds over this video. Um, it was very polarizing for many reasons. Um, the biggest thing was the amount of women who were like, sis, been there, done that. The amount of women who were like, I let an addict bankrupt me. Or I was with this man for eight years and he did the same thing. Like, it just made me realize like, First of all, this is happening to women all over the world. Like, like it totally sucked for me, but we had been dating for two months and I spent the whole two months bracing myself to get got. But like, it just opened my eyes to realize that there are so many women who are giving their energy to men. Like, I think for a really long time, I was really afraid of limiting my desires or being specific or choosy about who I was with because that would be perceived as greedy or selfish or, mm. you know, thinking you deserve far more than you do. And, mm. and, and for a while I was like, you know, whatever, whatever package my partner comes in, I want to be able to meet them there. And I don't want to be so close-minded that I miss them. Sure. Um, which is why I ended up in the situation that I did. So uh, my parents actually came pretty quickly after for the holidays. And I spent some time thinking about how I got to the situation I did. I was thinking about the guy and why I let him in <laughs> in yeah. the first place. And there were a lot of messages on this video being like, focus on yourself, girl. <laughs> and they were right. Um, I, I just realized that I've never given myself, I've spent my whole adult life looking for this thing to fill into my life as if it was half complete. And I decided December 31st that I was going to go on a six-month self-love journey to basically redefine my relationship to loneliness and look really deeply inside myself and what I want and raise my standards and and look around at the life that I've already created with the friendships and the relationships that I'm so proud to have and put my energy into that instead of going on these literal horrible first dates with unvetted men on Hinge and Bubble who have never asked for my energy in the first place. Hmm. Yeah. And so I posted a second follow-up video being like, you know what? I'm going to work on me. Like 2 million of you have seen this video. And if you if you're coming if I'm coming back to your page, like I'm no longer going to live like this, and I want you all to come with me. And since then, the world has my total whole world has opened. Um, I started the the, the I started this this uh, account on 
December 10th and it is now February something and I have 90,000 followers. Like the world is full of people who want to love themselves better and more and nobody really knows how. Nope. <laughs> Including me. <laughs> yeah, because we're not taught. We are taught and, and conditioned from such an early age to place our self-worth and our value and our identity in somebody else, in you know our love story and finding the one, meeting our soulmate. And that sort of very standardized, normal, quote unquote, timeline of what our lives should look like of, you know, you hit a certain age and then you meet somebody, you get married, you start a family, you have kids, right. all these things is just what's accepted. And so if you're living right. a life that doesn't adhere to that particular timeline or doesn't look that particular way, it can feel really lonely and isolating to feel like, mm. oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Like, why haven't I met my person yet? But yeah. I think so many more people are realizing like, wait a minute, no, why don't I actually love myself first? Like I can want a partner and like, what if I actually learned to improve my relationship with myself and really find out mm. what self-love means before yeah. diving into a relationship that I probably shouldn't have been in in the first place. Right. Well, I, during my, my like singleness over the years, I've, I've been kind of focusing on this theory kind of brewing in my head that I know many more couples that should not be together than I do know that should be together. Yes. And my deep friendships uh, with the, you know, the, the friendships that I have that are deep and very fostered, they fall in the, like, you should be together category, but my kind of periphery friends who are in relationships, you know, most recently COVID relationships because of the proximity and the ease of moving in together and quickly, you know, kind of knocking out all of these steps. Um, I realized that like, there's, there's this like shame behind, being still single as a woman who is trying to not be single. And it's because of the society that we've kind of been raised in. And therefore, I see all of these people who are jumping into these relationships and are ultimately, I'm realizing now that I'm on this journey, are missing this opportunity to figure out who they are and what they love and what they want from their life. And now I'm like, oh my God, this is such a special time in my life that like people go their whole lives never even getting to experience because yes. they are constantly redefining a relationship or putting in far more energy into someone who like is not their fit. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the main reason for that is something really important that you alluded to. I love that you describe this journey for yourself, not just as self-love, but as redefining your relationship with loneliness, mm. because that's really what it is. Most people are not comfortable being alone. They're not comfortable sitting yes. with feelings of loneliness and sitting with the discovery of what's underneath that loneliness and how they really feel about yeah. themselves and their shadow side and all these different things that can come up when we are alone with our thoughts and don't have a partner yeah. there to distract us. And so it's easier to just jump into a partnership, even if it's not really what you want or you don't really know what you want. It's just, yeah. it's not only the norm, but it's it feels easier for most people emotionally the harder work mm. is to sit with your loneliness and and to hear what it has to say but it is it is like 
I, I echo what you said so much. I think it's the most special time in your life and the most important thing you could ever do for yourself. Yeah. Well, I've just, I mean, I've, I've been on this journey for about a month and a half now, not very long. And almost immediately my standards were like, like, like I'm awesome. And I've literally, I mean, realistically in terms of loneliness, I have been running, running away from my feelings of loneliness for the entire pandemic. Um, which unfortunately I ended up developing a binge eating disorder because of, because I was really desperate to do anything but be alone and sit with my loneliness. So it is absolutely the the most difficult thing. Um, I I had this awesome conversation with a friend, um, maybe in December. Um, we were sitting together. He's he's in a five year relationship with his partner, and he was living. Uh, in a different city and moved for this partner to, so they both now live in San Francisco. And he was saying that, um, I was just saying how it's so weird how my life can feel so full, yet I can also feel like there's this 50% missing, which I really want to redefine that percentage on this journey. 10%. Let's see, let's give them 10% at first. (laughs) Like when we get married, we can reassess what these percentages mean, you know, but I'm like always someone who's like ready to give and it's just not for the right person. But my friend was just saying that, you know, we were talking together and I was like, it just feels like this thing is missing because I've never been able to have this basic, I've never been able to experience this basic human right of, of loving and being loved and putting in the work to have the benefit of a partnership. And he was like, well, I've been with my partner for five years now and I look at your life and I look at how jam packed you full it, you fill it with community and friendships and adventures. And I realize in watching you that because I've been in this partnership, my energy, my extra energy has gone towards that. And I don't really know who I am. Mm. And we were together and I was like, Oh, like, I've never thought of someone looking at the life that I have as this like really cool thing that, and it was the first moment probably before I started my golden era that I was like, wait, I do have this opportunity to like sit with my loneliness, heal my binge eating disorder and the things that I'm running away from, right? Like what being alone is really doing to me and what it feels like. Um, And this person that I love so dearly wants to switch places with me. And and where I was at that time, I was like, I would gladly switch places with you. I would love to have a partnership for five years. That sounds incredible. Mm. Um, but I'm just I'm just like realizing that for the first time in my life, I feel a calmness around whether where when I will find a partnership. It's just like now I have this trust that I'm like, my life is awesome. I'm focusing on the people that I love. And when a person that I can consider who is the right fit for me comes along, I will know we will have the communic. We will both have the communication skills. We will both have worked on ourselves, right? Like I'm looking for a super special guy now, which is like kind of makes it a little bit more daunting. It feels because the pool is getting smaller and smaller, but that's good. um, You want the pool to get smaller. Yeah. I, I just feel like, um, the amount of people who have reached out to me, complete strangers from all over the world, like Australia and Africa and Brazil being like, I 
don't love myself. And seeing your video has made me realize that I have to change. I can no longer not pour into myself. And I think what's so crazy is that like, why are there no classes in school about how to love yourself? Like, (laughs) why are we constantly like, like all these things have kind of opened, my eyes have opened. Like why, why is the voice in my head so mean? And why haven't we learned to change that narrative? Why am I 30 years old finally listening to the tracks that are playing in my head and being like, wait a second, that is problematic. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, and why, you know, does it take getting to the point where you have this relationship that you had a conscious awareness that it probably wasn't the right fit for you. And we're still participating in that pattern. Like, why does it take us so many tries to see what's really going on beneath the surface and why we keep choosing to participate in dynamics that are a not serving us, but B just not even what we want. Like the fact that in Mm. just a a span of a couple months, you've gone from being in this relationship (laughs) dynamic that had nothing of value to you in that, like, you know, there was nothing on this list that this guy checked off that, that enhanced <laughs> your life other than the yes. like human connection that existed there. Right. To where you are now of like, oh no, I, I have a list. Like there are things that matter to me and I'm looking yes. for that, that special person who is investing in themselves. Like I'm investing in myself. Like we're not, yeah. you know, entering into relationship, trying to fix or save or complete each other. We are whole people really in our self-worth and empowered in that way and the relationships that we choose in our lives should enhance what's already there rather than filling a hole like that 50% that feels like it's missing yeah I'm I'm curious like what are some of the things that have been standing out to you over these last couple months of being on this journey of like oh wow I never would was either looking for that in a partner before, or I would never have actually like held myself to that standard because kind of like you alluded to before, you didn't want to be picky or nagging or seem judgmental. Yeah. What is now like, oh no, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, you know, I've been in therapy for many years. I've you know, really wanted to, I've always been like looking deep and wanting to heal my childhood trauma and move through all of these steps. Um, like I'm the, I'm the friend that when a friend wants to break, like ghost a guy, I'm like, hold up. Mm-hmm. You will feel much better about yourself if you just clearly communicate. And I write the little text script for them and I send it to them and they send me a message back being like, I did it. And that made me feel so much better. Like, thank you. I, you know, Aww. I'm just like always trying to kind of grow through that. And one of the things that I have always been looking for in a partner, but like I'm actually too scared to say out loud is like, he has to have a good sense of humor. He has to be able to navigate life in a way that is not like end all be all. It's Mm -hmm. like, 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 like traffic right? If there's, if there is traffic and we are going to a place and we are absolutely non-negotiable going to be late, how is that person taking in life, right? Like, are they angry about it or are they 
Like, are we singing? Are we making up new inside jokes when we're together? Yeah. Um, I think what's really interesting that the like reflecting specifically on this relationship that has launched me and a lot of other people into their golden era. Um, he was dan- he would dance in the kitchen with me, and there was this this like kind of like authenticity of like lust for life and just like feeling like himself. And I think he got me. He got me when he was dancing in the kitchen because my last boyfriend that I had had before this, like my last serious boyfriend was incredible. He was such a sweet and thoughtful guy. It was the closest I've come to like an actual real healthy, meaningful partnership. And we ended up breaking up because he didn't want to have kids. And we had had this incredibly thoughtful conversation, um, on our second date and then had a follow-up on in four months and realized that that was not the right fit. So, um, but he would never dance with me in the kitchen. There would be times where I would be like, music would be on and I'd like grab him and try, and he would stand there. And so like, now that I'm thinking about it more, like the reason why I was falling for this guy so much is that he was living his life. He was being present. He was experiencing these things. If he wanted to dance, he would dance. Um, And I think I've just always been afraid to think about that being a possibility. Mm. Um, Something else like super vulnerable to share. Um, And I've, I've been, I've been scared to say this out loud because of how it's perceived. Um, I've always been open to dating people that make, that have different income as me. Um, I make really good money. I started a business seven years ago after going to musical theater school. I quit and I started this business and it's been so successful and I am so grateful and lucky for that opportunity. Um, But I'm like self-made. I've just like created this myself. And for many years, I've been like, you know what? If a teacher is like very fulfilled and he's super happy and if that's what he wants and he, then he can, we can be together. And During my golden era, I was like, you know what? I actually don't think I want a life with a teacher or someone that is sitting in a space of kind of like, like I've just figured it out. I figured out how to not work for anyone. I figured out how to make my own money. I figured out how to support 11 other team members. I've just figured it out, out of my creativity and drive to create the best life I possibly want to. And my agency is absolutely aligned in that. Um, And for the first time in my life, I'm like, I would like to have an equal in that department. I would like someone who has created, who has as creative thinking and as forward moving to create the life that they want. And your work is what you do for the majority of that. Like if you're not happy or feeling fulfilled, or if you're coming home from work every day being like, I'm exhausted as a teacher, I might not be the right fit for you. And like, I'm thinking now it's like someone who might be a good fit for me is someone who was a teacher for 10 years, hated the way that the systems was, were working, started, went back to business school to learn how to create a system that would help and started their own school or started a tech program that better supports teachers. Like, and I'm so deathly afraid of saying that out loud out of one, being too selective or two, being perceived as this like, like gold digger or like, I'm just, mm. it's just so, and and so then to prove that that's not true for myself, I date men who have $67 in their bank account. 
and no toilet paper. Right. <laughs> no toilet paper. That one's rough. And yeah. I, that sentiment too is so common because, you know, I think, I think a lot of women tend to, um, diminish themselves or make themselves smaller in order to make love work or the idea of a relationship mm. work. And what's fascinating to me about you, and I know you're not the only one who, who, you know, has thought this way or feels this way is that you're not even asking for something that you haven't already embodied yourself. Yes. That's yes. what's wild <laughs> is that you're not like, oh, like I want to be with a billionaire who's done like all these different things. And like, if you want that too, that's great. But like the things you're asking for yeah. are things you are already embodying. Like you're a funny I'm person already who has able that. to bring to the table. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And oh, yes. that is, yeah, that one just like, it gets me. I think it's so strong, uh, such a, an important point to touch on because a lot of the times the things, the reasons why we stay with people longer than we should are because like you said, that guy who loved to dance around the kitchen, like they embody a particular quality that we feel like is special and rare and hard to find. And oftentimes it's because we're not actually allowing ourselves to emb fully embody that and giving ourselves permission to mm. activate and engage with that side of ourselves. But when you already are, like you you have access to that playfulness, that lightness, that humor, you have access yeah. to this amazing lifestyle that you've created and the business that you've created and like all the wonderful things that you're up to. And asking for somebody else who is also in that place and can meet you where you're at, that's not a big ask. It's not really a tall no. order, but it feels horrible. Yes. It feels yeah. absolutely horrible because I feel like I'm being judgy or, mm. or, or, or selective. Um, I actually, when I was in, when I was living in New York, um, the last guy I dated in New York, uh, which basically was kind of a catalyst for me to be like, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm done with New York. I have to move to San Francisco. I can't wow. can't be here anymore. <laughs> the dating scene um, was what did it. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. It's I mean, it's just as grim in San Francisco, but just with different different flavors. Flavor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but we were dating, um, we only dated two months, two weeks. Uh, and he was so hilarious. Like I have this, I have this dream that the person I'm with walks into a room and everyone that knows him in the room says, ah, oh, he's here. Like that's the kind of person that I want. And you're right. People do that when I walk in rooms too. So it's like, it's not like this unrealistic thing I'm asking. It's possible because it exists within me. Yeah. Um, but he was, um, like very overweight. He was like, I think 350 pounds or maybe pushing 400 pounds. He was very tall and very overweight. And he had this incredible personality, a fantastic business that he had started for himself. He was like amazing in all of these categories. And we dated and I, even in the two weeks, was spending all this time being like, if we fall in love though, he's going to have to change his habits because mm. I don't want to have to stress about if the love of my life is going to die of a heart attack at 40. Like mm. that can't happen to me. And I was already kind of thinking about the emotional labor that I would have to pull to get this man for the first time after 35 years to take care of himself. Um, and I, we're, we're still very good friends now and, and shout out to him. He'll, he'll probably hear this, but, um, for, for me, I 
wanted to consider that because he had so many fantastic things that, again, I had not really found and found extremely rare. But this like pretty obvious and large part, you know, life with someone who is who is that overweight is different. You can't you can't like he won't ride a bike. I'm I'm a huge cyclist. And for a long time, I've never said like, let's get realistic here about these things and like what actually will work in the life that I'm that I already have. Um, and what's cool is, is happening that there's this shift for me where like, instead of me being like, maybe I can date this man who has so many great qualities, but does not take care of himself physically when that's extremely important to me. Um, maybe I can't like, maybe I'm just better off alone. Mm, Yeah. Spending time with my friends. Yeah. And like the last, the last two, like month and a half, I have nothing to talk about. I have nothing to obsess over. I'm not like constantly checking my phone being like, did he text me? I'm not like leaving my Saturdays open in hopes that the guy I'm dating who does not even like me want to take me out on a date. Like all of that mental space is free. Feels kind of nice, right? <laughs> oh, it's, I know. I don't know how I'm going to go back. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, that's a whole another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll have a we'll have a follow up at the end. You'll yes. uh, you'll oh, prep 1, me for thousand <laughs> percent. <laughs> I love but, that. I mean, that's something so important to consider. Is it? And it, this will be different for everybody. Is you're now really getting this time to reflect on the ways that maybe you have um, been out of alignment or out of integrity with the standards you've set in your dating life in the past because of that willingness, yeah. that that pure desire to just experience love and to have to have that partnership, that relationship, that that trumped all these other practicalities, realities of life mm. that you get to continue to live the lifestyle you're living now. And yes, sometimes, you know, when we fuse lives with a person, there's, there's compromise that's made for sure. Mm -hmm. But like you get to choose the overall core values and vision of your life that you want to create and choose a relationship that, that reflects that, that mirrors and embodies that as well. And so it's, there's nothing wrong inherently with saying like, oh, I want somebody who takes good care of themselves because like, I'd love to do active things with them um, or, you know, cook healthy meals together, whatever that, that reflection of like taking care of yourself looks like within the container ship container of a partnership and to somebody else that might not be as big of a deal and that's okay too. And so like, there's no right or wrong. Like we all really get to consider what it is that is most important to us. And like, plant those preferences and values firmly in the soil, the container Mm -hmm. of the relationship we want to experience in life and to not make ourselves wrong or feel bad for all the people that that means we're going to say no to. Yeah. Well, I think that's my patriarchy programming. Mm, Like I'm, (laughs) I am told that I should be in a relationship because I'm a 30 year old woman far past the prime of whatever most people would consider uh like we're like in our old maid stage if if you play it by the way that some people think and yeah i i think for so long i've just been scared to have these any kind of standard really at all um out of fear of maybe missing my partner 
Um, but what's been really actually super exciting is that I, I in San Francisco, I have two brothers that live here and they are both the most amazing men I have ever met in my whole life. Like these men are, these men love me in the way that I love them. And, and our love for each other is so reciprocal Mm -hmm. and clear and meaningful. I don't ever have to, I, if I send a text to my brother, Jeff, do you want to hang out? Hey, I'm not available. No worries. Like I'm not stressed. If, if my brother needs something, I'm there in a moment because we live around the corner from each other and we like spending time together. It's like he, oh, he does this thing. My, my, my brother, Jeff is a pediatrician and he, works night shifts and then he'll, he'll park his car at my house. Um, so in the mornings at like nine o'clock, some days, my sweet brother will park the car, but not only that, he has a key to my house. So he will come up to my apartment and he always brings me this protein milk that he gets for free at the cafeteria. And like without fail, he brings me this milk. And it's this thing that my brother says, okay, I'm, I'm in this place. I just finished a full 24 hour shift or something. And I'm still thinking about my sister because in 30 minutes I will be at her house. And like, whenever I feel like super down about my dating life and how that all is going, I just remind myself that if they exist, he exists. Yeah. Like, and and it's and it's harder for me to be like, well, if I exist, he exists because for so long I've been compromising. Yeah. Um, but to have these two examples in my life of like just like ride or die love, like yeah. real, authentic, communicative love. I'm just now realizing it's like, if it's not that, then it's a no. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up too, as a model of what healthy love can look like, because I think so many people think that if they haven't experienced a healthy relationship in the past, then they won't know what to look out for. And mm-hmm. so often we we think that romantic love is the only kind or that it's the only kind mm-hmm. that matters. And we have familial love, we have platonic love, community love, all these am- amazing relationships in our life that can serve as examples of what it looks like to be in reciprocal relationship with somebody. And so for right. you to have that reference point, to know what that feels mm-hmm. like of like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like to be respected and cherished and communicated well to like, okay, so if it's not right. that, I don't want it. And seeking out those examples for anybody who's listening, if they're like, I don't have that, I don't know what that feels like to even see that reflected in like movies or a TV show you watch or a book that you read, like just getting an imprint of like, this is what it could look like and how this is different from what I've experienced in the past is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And that warms my heart so much that you have two brothers (laughs) who live in the same city as you, who give you that experience every day. Yeah. It's really, um, very special. And it's the first time as adults that we are all living in the same city. Um, so it's just really special. Um, it's been nice because I think during my dating era in San Francisco, it's just been like the the dates are like, like the men in San, in New York are like very cunning. They're very like smart and they will do what they can to get you in bed <laughs> and they're manipulative and they want to be dating every woman in New York in my experience, that's obviously a large generalization. I'm sure there were 
four men in New York who didn't feel that way, but the ones <laughs> that I dated definitely did. Um, and in San Francisco, the dates are healthier. So like, we'll go for a walk. We'll, you know, grab a coffee. We'll go sit at the dog park. Like all of these things are much more healthy to my body and my soul. Mm -hmm. And when I leave them, I feel like pretty discouraged, but I don't feel like I need to binge eat. I don't feel like I am in despair or completely alone or will never find someone. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting watching that, but then I have these two brothers that I get to just like hang out with and, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I was talking to my friend yesterday. Um, now that I'm not dating and now that my, my standards are like rising, raising through the roof. Um, I'm like really good at giving advice right now. <laughs> and it's just so funny because I like, I'm having these conversations with people like, like this girl at, at a party I was at last night and she was like, you know, there was this guy and then we were dating, but then he told me that he he's leaving. So he wanted to be casual. And so like, I don't know, he's like not texting me. And I was just kind of like, it sounds like he's not interested. Like, it sounds like he's leaving and he's yeah. not interested. And like, she's like, yeah, I know. But, and I'm just feeling from her, this emotional energy that she is pouring into this person. And I'm like, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Like we do that every single, I, I do that every single time I date a guy, uh, regardless of the level of intensity. And it's just so much work, really. Yeah, that actually, you know, brings up something that I, I wanted to address about your your story and and especially the viral mm -hmm. video. One thing that I noticed in the comments was, was that there were a fair number of people saying something along the lines of, you know, however long it was that you dated him, like a couple months. They were like, oh, it was only a couple yeah. months. Like, get over it. No big deal. Yeah. And yeah. That I think that's so important to talk about because there are so many people like you, and I used to definitely be this way myself where you it doesn't matter how long you've dated the person you're giving all of yourself to them and so it feels yes. like there's so much emotional charge and intensity to it and it's because there is because a lot we can this is a whole nother conversation but like what that person represents and the patterns uh and conditioning that they represent and stories in your life that holds a lot of emotional charge but there's no amount of time that is like, okay, if you've been dating this long, then it's worth crying over. Like yeah, that, that to me really stood out. I think we need to, to, to spend a second talking about that because it can make people feel ashamed for feeling big feelings yeah. about somebody that they weren't ever in a relationship with. Like situationships see this all the time of like, why am I so sad? We weren't even officially dating. Like he wasn't even really my boyfriend. And it's often, yeah, but that doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> and sometimes because you weren't actually dating, it's harder to grieve because there's no right. clear cut, like start and end and clarity yeah. to it. So yeah, I just wanted to get your, your take on how you felt about hearing people say that. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It was so interesting. I think one of the reasons why there were so many of those comments is that this, this piece of content that I had, that I had just kind of vomited out like I said my date showed up and then he dumped me and so people were like you can't be dating if it was right. a date and like he dumped you and like so there was like that right, actual right. syntax that was very confusing for people like they could not get over it yeah. but then I had done a second video being like we dated for two months he he was not my boyfriend but I believe that all people who are dating should show up with like care and respect for the other person. Yeah. And like, 
I, 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 when people are like, don't cry over that, like it's too short, like I'm just like forever gonna be crying. I am such an empath and I feel things so deeply and like I don't need anyone, like, like I can have a two week relationship that ultimately propelled me to move across the country. Right. Like exactly. that made me realize the person I want to be with is someone who prioritizes their fitness. And I believe that that person is in San Francisco. Like I can have a two month relationship that goes wrong. I'm sad about it. I post about it. And 90,000 people resonate with that message. It's like, it doesn't matter how much time was spent. And like with our like society and they're like, fucked up transition schedule of like when you can be in a relationship and when you're not in a relationship like for me if we are if we are dating and you tell me that you are not sleeping with anyone else you are important to me we are we are only we are we are both only experiencing one of the most intimate things that you can do with another person together okay whatever label you're afraid of using or titling that as like is bullshit you are something to me because we are choosing to spend time together. And like, I think I'm, I'm, I've also been reflecting, this is, you make such a good point, but like, like for me, the relationships that I have, like there was this, oh, sorry. There was this like six, there was this guy I went on six dates with who like to this day, I cannot stop thinking about. Mm. And like, I've written him a letter and I've tried to send him off. And it was because it was so unresolved. Like I find that the relationships that never were or that never got closure, I'm still, I'm still like, they're still gnawing at me. And like, it's almost like, you know, my, my amazing, incredible boyfriend who he and I could not be together because we had different life goals. Like I'm over that. I'm not sad about that. I've, I'm so grateful for the time that we spent together and I deeply love him. I think that he is an incredible person and I hope that he finds something that he is looking for. Um, but I, I was over it pretty quickly. And then I think about this bimbo guy I was dating who like, we went on six dates. Why yeah. can't I get you out of my head? Like, why am I looking at your Instagram? Like, what is that? And like, why are we all telling each other how long you can grieve or be sad or why, like what level of feeling you're allowed to have when, yeah, when you get dumped, it's like, yeah, the reality is like, you get to be sad and grieve the loss of whatever expectations you had, whatever future mm. you envisioned, whether that future was one exciting date or a whole lifelong relationship with this person, there's right. a a disconnect and a, a mismatch of, of expectations that aren't being met anymore. And you get to be sad about that or mad or have whatever feelings you have and it's all okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I, I am someone who like always feels, I, I had a boyfriend a few years ago. Uh, I had just torn my ACL and I had surgery and it was a really, it was like the most challenging experience I had gone through to like watch my body physically not be able to, to work. Um, and I'm just someone who like kind of floats through emotions, right? Like if I want to cry, the cry is happening. Okay. And then moments after I'm done releasing the energy or the feeling that I was having, I'm like good to kind of snap back into whatever other vibe I was feeling. And we had this experience once where we were, he was like walking me through this parking lot that was like very treacherous, 
it was like a closed place. We should not have been walking there. And I had just done my ACL surgery and I fell on my knee and I started crying because I was like, that was so scary. That was like the scariest thing. And it was painful and I'm embarrassed and like all of these feelings. But we were standing outside waiting to go upstairs to this party. So I had finished crying and I, you know, wiped my tears and I was like, it's very important to me that you're able to experience this party for you and your friends. And so I will get it together and we will have a great time. Like, I'm just trying to get these tears out as soon as possible. So I got them out. We went upstairs. And at the end of the night, he was like, that was really weird how you flipped from like being sad to being happy and like fun. And I was like, well, I stopped crying because I was like no longer scared. I like realized that that was I was okay. And and I still wanted to make the most of the night. And like I wasn't putting on anything beyond getting through the moment. But like the the feelings that came up with that, he was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. seeing me navigate that so quickly. Yeah. Um but I feel like as a society we're very uncomfortable. Like I was just watching a TV show oh, last yeah. night and there was a girl that was talking and she was like, I don't want to cry. Like don't touch me. I don't want to cry. Like don't like why are we avoiding that? Yeah. I wait side note was that love is blind yes <laughs> I just watched that last night too yes. I was like that sounds so yes. familiar yeah she's like dad don't touch me don't touch me I'm crying yeah. don't touch me I don't want to cry I was like Nancy let it out girl yes let I was honestly like want to congratulate you on your relationship <laughs> with emotions because most people like the majority of, of clients that come into my practice at some point especially in the beginning of working together will say like I hate crying I don't want to cry and we're not as a society like comfortable with emotion either yeah. feeling it ourselves or knowing how to deal with it when somebody else has a big emotion so that's incredible oh. that you have such a connection with your body and, and your emotional state that's beautiful yeah I love crying. I, like if anyone is listening, go let yourself cry. cry. Yeah. Just like let it out. I cry it's all the so, time. And yeah, I love crying. And letting yourself be witnessed in an emotion by another human makes them feel closer to you. Mm-hmm. Actually, you should you should confirm that. I don't know what I'm talking about. But like for me, when I am vulnerable with a friend or someone that I love or even a new person in my life and I cry, I allow them to see my vulnerable state. We are connected. We are yeah. deep, deeper connected. We understand each other. We recognize that it's a safe space. Like being experiencing emotions and sharing them, like there's nothing like I had this conversation with my friend a couple weeks ago when everything was happening. I was going viral and like ev- all my friends were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And my really sweet friend was like, I just really appreciate how you've always shown up so vulnerably. And like, even in our conversations, you've shown up so vulnerably and like, that's a really scary thing to do. And I think that my brain does not have the vulnerability is scared thing. Like, I mm-hmm. think I've just been naturally raised to like be vulnerable And then I just thought and I was like, I've literally never once regretted being vulnerable Mm -hmm. because there's two outcomes. The first outcome is that person sees me. They feel safe and honored that I've brought them that vulnerability. They feel more connected to me and we actually drop in deeper. And the other person is someone who says, that was too much. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, or I can't hold that. And then I have the information that I need. Yep. So like being vulnerable has literally never hurt me beyond 
beyond the hurtful truth of knowing that someone's, you know, not interested in holding your vulnerability, but that's huge information to as in terms of like relationship audit and who right. you want in your life. Yeah. It's, it's valuable information that you'd rather have upfront anyways. So you might as well be vulnerable right. and do the hard thing and, and find out, you know, where this person stands and yeah, you're absolutely right. Vulnerability is what breeds closeness and connection. And it is, it is such an important component in healthy relationships. Yeah. I know there's a million more things that I could ask you and want to talk about. So we're definitely going to have to do like follow-ups. Maybe we'll do like a midway yes. check-in in the middle of your golden era and then like see where you're at at, at the end of your six months as well. Um, I, I would love, love actually for anybody who's listening and, and hasn't like seen your um, videos yet, or I was like, wait, what is this golden era thing that they're talking about? Could you share what the parameters you set for yourself around this period of time that you're calling your golden era are and, and what you're kind of committing to? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, the, the golden era overall is, is kind of a mindset that I want to be in. Um, basically taking all of my bright light and focus and energy that I've been giving to these men and turning it back towards myself. Um, and that is in kind of any category in my life. So um, I actually, in the beginning of the year, did a life audit and realized that a lot of other people wanted it. So I created a template um, on Notion where anyone can get it from visiting my website uh, and they can do this full life audit for themselves where they really just like look into each category of their life, like relationships, finances, physical health, mental health, you know, house, all of it, so on and so forth. Um, and so for me, we're, I'm, I'm really going through this six month journey with a couple of rules. First rule being like no dating at all. Like, um, I am still interested though. And, and I'd be, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts, but like, there's a sexual part of this that I kind of want to, I want to come out of this being more sexually literate or capable of, of, really advocating for my own sexual pleasure, which is yes. something I've always kind of been really afraid to do. And now that I'm thinking about myself, I'm like, I'd like to, I'd like to orgasm sometimes like that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if dating versus like having sexual experiences is something I'm still kind of like open to seeing if, you know, healthy, clear boundaries around sexual experiences is something I want to kind of play with. But um, I have a really solid nighttime and morning time, morning routine where I am meditating every morning. I'm going to sleep by 10 PM. I'm putting my phone in a separate room, um, so that I can really, um, kind of lock into these kind of supportive practices. Um, I'm also kind of testing out sober curiosity and seeing what that looks like for me. Um, during this time, it's been great. I feel awesome. Um, something yeah. I I'm really excited about kind of exploring more of, um, but overall, the the main focus is like, what are the things in my life that I have and how can I optimize those experiences and then also bring in more experiences that allow me to drop deep, look at, you know, I really want to come out the other end of this having um, really taken huge steps towards healing my binge eating disorder. Um, I'm on a really great path and I and I graduated this program, but as I'm sure, you know, we're very, I'm very far from the end of that journey. I think that's a lifetime journey. Um, so overall, just like really looking deep, right. I want to, I want to redefine, 
um, my relationship to loneliness by creating really fun things in my life, connecting with people and um, ultimately building a community of people who also want this for themselves, um, finding like the safest and kindest place on the internet. Mm. Um, and that's just really cool. I think like um, I'm starting a podcast as well and you are my first guest. Uh, I think it's just so appropriate to have you on because um, of the the subject matter that you really deal with. It's like exactly where I was when I started my journey. And um, so I, I want to bring on experts and I want to interview them around self-care and how we can kind of all equip ourselves with like better tools to um, love ourselves. And I love putting myself first. It's honestly so fun. And I love being in situations now where like, if I'm in a situation that's feeling not fun or not good, like a couple of weeks ago, my, my brother was like, do you want to go to this, this gay bar? And I was like, of course. And we like get there. It's a Sunday. I was, I was like feeling kind of low in my energy and I really wanted to go to the gym before it closed. And I was wearing my gym clothes so that I knew I would go. And it was like 0.2 miles away. And we get to the gay bar and it's like, it's loud and everybody's having fun and it's loud and drinking. And I was like, actually, like I would rather be working out right now. So like, I was just like, I'm going to go call me when you're done. Let's go get dinner together. And we got dinner. And so like my, like just prioritizing myself, um, and making sure that this, this time really feels soft. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like my top priority. I want, my planning of things to feel soft. I want the care that I have for myself to feel soft. I want the way that I communicate with other people to feel soft. Um, yeah. And I'm just so excited. I, I know this is going to change my life. It 1000% will without a doubt. It already <laughs> is. I can, you know, see that yeah. and hear that from sharing <laughs> already. And honestly, we'll have to have more conversations. I know we'll continue a lot of this on your podcast as well, but there's everything you just mentioned. I, I resonate with so deeply and I do, by the way, have a take on sexual empowerment during your single era mm. and kind of yeah. some important distinctions there. I also, I don't um, drink. I have a full like non-alcoholic bar cart because mm. I love like getting to make oh. not drinking super fun and exciting. So like talking about yeah. curiosity when you re-enter the dating Ooh. world and what that looks like, like there's so many elements that start to come to life when you do start showing up for yourself in a new way and really asking like, what do I want? Not what right. have I been pretending to want for the sake of the people I've been dating, but like, what do I want? Yeah. What does my life look like, get to look like, and how does it get to feel? And it's just so wonderful to see you unapologetically sharing what that, that looks like for you. And your vulnerability is so beautiful because like mm your TikTok has become this little window into like your personal diary <laughs> and people can feel what it feels like to do the sometimes hard work of showing up for yourself in new ways. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say thank you for, for being willing to take your friend's advice and <laughs> share this journey because it is so needed. We need to see more examples of what this looks like. And like, I, I wish that I had somebody like that, you know, in my twenties, when I was really struggling with a lot of these mm. relationship patterns before doing the work myself, like maybe if we saw more normalized examples of, of what it looks like to have your, your golden era, or your single chapter to just show up for yourself in a new way and redefine your relationship with love and loneliness, maybe we wouldn't repeat the patterns for so long. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. That's so amazing. It's, it's, I, I feel equally as excited to have, to have met you because I 
was like, I'm going to do this golden era thing. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I saw this, I saw this TikTok that you had posted, like me on a Saturday night, drinking a non-alcoholic beverage, dancing in my kitchen. And I was like, she is there. Like she has gone through this journey. Like you, your, yours was two years, right? Yeah. You had done like, that's yeah. Yeah. So like, that's a whole story in itself, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I was like, this is possible. And, um, you were that spark for me that made me realize like, it's not bad to be single. Oh, and I'm just really grateful. I'm just grateful that you, I, I mean, finding, finding your TikTok and seeing what you're doing. Like, I just know how many women, um, how you're unlocking those thoughts for them. Right. Like, like women who are literally thinking that that's not possible, like myself. Um, and so it's been so nice watching your experiences and, and, um, like, like the one where you, where you like went out, um, to like the little snow town, um, just to like yeah. be by yourself. Like, I never go, go by myself anywhere because I'm so afraid and getting to see that that is okay and can be fun. Um, it's just so helpful. So I'm, I'm just so glad that we've found each other. Me too. I'm so excited about <laughs> all the things and, and that our paths have crossed and yeah, you are just honestly such a bright, bright light and a wonderful human. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel the same about you. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> Where can people find you, um, follow you on TikTok, find, you know, if they want to check out the template, the life audit that you mentioned. Yeah. So everything is at, um, heyclosefriends.com. Uh, you can find the life audit template there. Um, there'll be a little pop-up, but there's also a page. Um, we have a lot of other cool stuff on there. Um, I am, I do own a full service digital agency. So we've worked very hard to create like a, a brand around this, which is really exciting. Um, there's also fun playlists that you can play and jam out to if you're feeling down. I have different categories. So there's the golden era one, which is like the classic good vibe girly one. But then there's ones when you're having a sad day. Um, there's also a place if you live in San Francisco that you can sign up to receive any updates updates about hot girl walks that I'm hosting. Mm. Um, and then the rest, like all of my social channels are Hey Close Friends. Which by the way, I didn't realize till you shared the story at the beginning of this episode that that came from you sharing with your close friends story on Instagram. Yeah. That's so cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I thought so it was just actually, like a, yeah, I thought it was so just crazy like little, hey. is that for, right. For yeah. years, I, I would like, tell these crazy, hilarious, unhinged stories with my hair looking crazy, no makeup, like just to my close friends. And, and there was always just this really positive feedback about how authentic that was. Um, and so what I would do when I would get on, I'd be like, Hey, close friends, because I was realizing that they, they knew that they were the only people getting this content. Um, so it just, it became like pretty natural to be like, Hey, close friends, yeah. um, as the, as the actual account. And then what's so nice is that like, the hey close friends and like when I say at the end of all my videos like I'll see you soon sweet friends like these the people on the internet are really nice yeah when when you call them to be nice <laughs> I, I agree yeah I think that like the more you stand in that energy the less you experience a lot of the hate that does go around the yeah. internet and your account is definitely a reflection of that for sure like people are yeah. looking for positive affirming loving spaces to connect and feel seen and yeah, yeah we just, we and I'm very back. clear. I'm very like clear upfront that it is a safe space. And like, if you cannot behave 
as if you are my friend or my, the people that you're commenting on, if you are, if you cannot behave like a friend, you lose your privileges to be on yeah. my page. Sorry. Yeah. Like we're all about healthy boundaries here. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so nice. So I, I hope anyone listening will, will join me on this journey. It's just been so fun. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll have many more interviews. I feel like oh, there's absolutely. so much to talk about. Yeah. I'll make sure to link <laughs> all of that in the show notes so that anybody's listening can definitely go follow you and check out all the things that you're up to. And yeah, if you're in SF, definitely go on Stephanie's walks because I'm so jealous. I'm not <laughs> able to be there in person, but we'll plan our own in-person adventures. For sure. Um, the last thing that I love to ask people who come on my show is what is one wellness uh, practice or self-care habit that you are loving lately? And that feels like it's really nurturing for your daily routine. Mm. Um, that's tricky. Cause I think two of them are like superpowers. Can you I can get share two? two. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so I've been meditating every day for 20 minutes, first thing in the morning. Um, I, the alarm goes off, I sit up in my bed and before my feet touch the ground, I've been meditating and I've always had this really cool meditative practice, but I've always kind of gone in and out. It is now a non-negotiable. Uh, I just recently had a, a pretty stressful, like two weeks with work mm. and my operations manager who's known me for seven years was like, how you doing? Like, is everything okay? Like, you're not really like telling, you're not really like acting the way that you normally do. And I was like, I think it's because I'm meditating, um, which is so cool. I'm, I'm meditating and therefore I'm no longer feeling like stressed or stretched thin. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, and then uh, honestly going to bed at 10 PM, I got into this, like, like pre-pandemic me would, would never dare go to bed after 10 p.m., I was such a goody two shoes. Like, I just, my life was like in or- order and it has gone off the rails. And I used to like stay up until one or two in the morning scrolling on TikTok for no reason, like, absolutely no reason. So, yeah. leaving my phone downstairs, being upstairs in my bedroom by 10 p.m., I can stay up as long as I want. But once you ha- don't have your cell phone, you don't really want to stay up. So yeah, exactly. Uh, it makes it easier. And that's been great because now I'm wa- now I'm waking up at like 7.30 and not feeling completely drained, mm. um, which is awesome. So I would say those two things. And for your meditation practice, do you um, use like guided meditations? Do you have a mantra? Do you, is there a yeah, certain type I'm, that you use? I'm mantra-based um, and my... Uh, my meditation coach, Emily, she's so amazing. I'm I'm going to have her on the podcast too, because she's just so amazing. But she explained the, the kind of meditation that we do as lazy man's meditation, because you can kind of be in whatever position you need to be in. And that's really appealing for me. So it's the first one that I found that that really does like it kind of takes away all of the like expectation on how to meditate and more just about the act of sitting. Yeah. Your Is thoughts? it um, Vedic meditation or TM? It's through one giant mind. I don't okay. know what the the base of that is, though. I should know that. I think I'll they do transcendental meditation, if I'm not Maybe. mistaken, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm always fascinated with the different techniques that work for different people because I think meditation is one of those things that is so unique that like we think there's only one way to do it. And if you've tried meditating and you're like, I hated it, my thoughts were just swirling around. It didn't work for me. It's probably just because you didn't try a format that is really supportive for you. Like you said, maybe your body needed to be more comfortable. Maybe it needed to be a more relaxed approach. So I I love hearing what works for different people. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it's really good. There's, there's, you're supposed to do it two times a day for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's TM. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not there yet. 
but I find myself like midday being like, should I do that? And the thought, you know, goes very quickly, but, um, that means it's helping. That means I'm actually getting closer and closer to thinking about it. And that particular (laughs) style of meditation is designed to actually like release stored stress from your body. So that like natural inclination, that pull to like, oh, should I do it again? Is like, that's that call of like, okay, I could, I could release a little bit of stress and I could, you know, come back to that that balanced center that, that I felt at, you know, 7am when I woke up and did my first meditation. Yeah. She, she explains it as like Xing out tabs on your browser. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have 500 tabs. And, and when yeah. you do meditation, you're just Xing them out. So that's, I, I'm always like, I got to X out some tabs. Yeah. Same. <laughs> oh my gosh. All the time. <laughs> I love the, both of those habits so much. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing your story coming on the show today. I know we've both said this over and over again, but I really am so excited to continue this conversation and follow your journey and for everybody listening to, to follow and see what you learn and, and what you're up to these next six months and beyond. So thank, thank you for you. all of it. Of course. It's such a pleasure. And thank you so much for having me on. I, I it's, it's cool. I'm like even learning things talking about you, talking with you. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this journey progresses and, and I look forward to our check-in. <laughs> me too. Absolutely. And for everybody listening, if you know somebody in your life who could benefit from taking a, a golden era or a single chapter, definitely share this episode with them. Um, share Stephanie's new podcast, Hey Close Friends, which will be coming out soon as well. Um, that's It's just so valuable to have these kind of resources. So definitely share the love, pass it along. And um, as always, until next time, have a happy, healthy and love-filled day. <laughs>